Happy National Veterinary Receptionist Week. This week, we're going to talk about our favorite members of our teams, the veterinary receptionists slash customer service representatives slash all those other people that help us as veterinarians and veterinary technicians do our job this week on the Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And this week, there's no tough topics. It's all about the love we have for the veterinary receptionists. And this week, my co-host Becky and I are going to talk about all the wonderful things they do to make our lives a little more joyful and certainly make it better for the pet patients and clients that we serve. But before we get into that conversation of celebration, as always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And I don't know, I'm, I think this is... Not a tough topic, but we are talking about one of the toughest individuals in the veterinary clinic, in my opinion. These folks are honestly the front, middle, and back lines in many cases to our day-to-day. And if you are on Facebook, you have probably seen some uh, frames popping up celebrating this week. So we decided we are jumping in. We want to make sure we take today to shout out and celebrate all of our customer service reps in clinics everywhere. Yeah, so this is a definitely a celebration of all the support staff. So look, you know, we have some love for veterinarians and veterinary technicians, and we talk about those issues all the time. But too often, the unsung heroes of the veterinary practice are all the other support staff. And again, receptionists are an important, essential, integral part of any successful clinic. And so this week, we just want to take a little time out to reflect on all the good things that they bring. So Becky, when you start to look at what CSRs contribute to veterinary clinics, What's like one of the first things that pops in your mind? I think the fact that they are the representative of your clinic. And I always kind of equate this for folks who are in a clinic who don't get the experience to going to your doctor. I mean, I think if you call to ask questions, make an appointment, the people who answer the phones are the ones that are going to create that first impression. And in times when clients are maybe upset or scared or whatever emotion they're seething through the phone, our CSRs are the first to come in contact with it. Yeah, I definitely want to get into that a little bit further, but you're right. The CSRs are a a virtual, a literal manifestation of that clinic personality, right? I mean, you know, when you walk into a business, into a a facility, a shop or whatever, right? You instantly get a vibe, Becky, or maybe it's just me, but you know, you get a vibe and that vibe is coming from the culture. And I think that one of the most important and underrated aspects of a excellent receptionist slash CSR is the ability to emote and to evoke those feelings that the culture is all about, right? I mean, they are that first line impression, as you mentioned. And uh, I, th- I think the clinic personality is largely, you know, ex- expressed through those CSRs. I think it really is over the long term. You know, we see these guys, I've been in clinics where, you know, you kind of basically have to stand at the desk and wait 15 seconds for them to finish their conversation between each other before they come and look at you. And you're thinking, already, right. I'm not getting the attention I need here. Like, I'm worried they're not paying. You know, it's already like a not listening. And then you've got those folks who act like they know you, even if it is the first time you've been there, heavy eye contact, big smile, even under their mask. And like, you want these guys to 
um, be a part of your pet's life and you trust your pets with the whole practice because of the impression that they've made in like the first two minutes of your experience. Oh, yeah. And, and and clinical studies show that that first four seconds, right? Yeah, so that yeah. that lobby presence of the CSR receptionist role is so important. And so viewfinders, you've heard us talk about this many, many times in the podcast, but this clinic culture is so important because like Becky says, when you walk in and you're warmly greeted and you feel like these people are attentive and caring, well, those are the kind of people that you will then entrust the care of your pet family member with, right? But when you walk up to the desk and nobody makes eye contact or they're like, excuse me, I'll be with you in just a second. You know, you're suddenly like, how will this translate into the care of my pet? So I think that that clinic personality, the culture, the the standards, the mission, all those things that we talk about, they really become manifest in those receptionists. Yeah, and these individuals, I think we have to remember how little training they're often provided. Yeah. I, I, can, I can think of very little intensive training for my front desk staff in clinics I've worked in. I, I mean, I know there's like, here is how you work our system. That's how we're, they're trained to a skill on a certain program. Right. Very rarely is there training to how you handle an irate client, how you handle um, all of the emotional range of situations that they face in a day to literally day to day. Like one, we always talk about how we have to go from one appointment to the another. They're doing that up front as well. They're dealing with the euthanasia and then the puppy visit and then the questions and then the irate client, like probably way more than we are. And we don't even realize it. And I often think that they're the least to complain. So I think it's really important to shine a spotlight on these guys. Maybe over the long term in the clinic, they are receiving training and they are getting a, you know, oh, here's a a cool webinar to watch on how do I handle an irate client. But I have seen so many customer service reps come in in their first like day and if a a week, if they're lucky, and they are chucked in there. The other receptionist has a day off. (laughs) They called in sick. You're on your own. Godspeed, girlfriend. Yeah, you know, Becky, and it always, it does disappoint me, you know, to hear that. And and you're right. I mean, too often we don't train them and recognize them the way they need to be. And, you know, I'm thinking back to to the very first book. I've written two books and and video training series on this exact issue, on training the support staff. And I, I remember a conversation years ago, Becky, where... You know, a veterinarian had given, you know, an all-day lecture seminar series, you know, on on customer service. You know, this was back when the first book came out, Creating the Veterinary Experience. So this is like 99 time frame. And I remember this vet came up. He says, you know, Ernie, I, I mean, I get what you're saying here, and it's customer service and yada, yada. But, you know, I'm not going to invest a lot of time in these receptionists because they just, you know, they just, just don't stick around. You know, they, they leave all the time. And suddenly you're going, wait a second. When you have <laughs> staff turnover problems, let me tell you what you've got. You've got a management leadership problem, right? You don't have a person problem. You got a you problem. And so, so I I remember, you know, kind of going, wow, I bet you that that this person's attitude is representative of a large amount of, of independently owned vet practices where they just don't see the value in training and supporting, you know, the non-professionals in their clinics. You know, it's, it's still heartbreaking to me a little bit. Sure. And I guess that's the thing is it's the chicken or the egg. If you don't see them as professionals and frankly, how many times I know so many receptionists who have had their job um, 10, 20 years. They've been with the clinic a long time. Um, 
they know everything. They know the ins and outs. They know all of the drug reps. They know the best things to do. Um, they're getting treated really well and they really care about these animals a lot. If you're having turnover and you don't treat them as professionals and you don't think that they are, again, they're, they're individual necessary role in the clinic and they are absolute professionals. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when I worked in the clinic, every time I picked up the phone like to help because it was ringing a lot and I'm like, oh, you know, I can help reception. I regretted my life so much immediately. <laughs> like I was just like, what can I do to help you be ready to take this phone call instead of me? Uh, can I file? Can I make Because it's hard work. Can it's I so hard. Yeah. It's awful. And they have a thousand questions. And like now there's somebody standing in front of you staring at you in the face. And there, there's a client who's been waiting 20 minutes also staring you in the face. There's the back calling to see if you can do X, Y, and Z. Like they are really multitaskers up there with a hundred yeah. hands. And I think we just don't often get to see that because they are physically and visually separated in so many cases. Um, so we aren't seeing maybe as much as we do our other support staff in the back, you know, being super busy. Um, we're like, oh, they sit all day. Must be a hard job. Tell you guys, no, answer that <laughs> phone for 15 minutes and tell me you don't want to sit down. <laughs> I know. And, and, you know, and Becky, you and I have given uh, numerous lectures and seminars and, you know, conferences on the front versus back, you know, tension mm, and friction mm. and how to overcome it. And, and, you know, Becky, you just said something there that bears repeating. And that is sometimes it's the physical separation that actually leads to this this issue because you don't see how hard each other are working. So like when the techs in the back, you know, they see themselves, they know they're working their fannies off, but mm -hmm. they don't see it up front. So then they start to create these fantasies. Oh, oh, they're just sitting around sipping coffee and tea all day, talking to clients in the lobby. You know, <laughs> meanwhile, you know, the reality is much different than that. And so I think that, you know, it's really important for us to recognize and respect each other in the clinic. You know, one thing too, in addition to just multitasking, right, because they're billing somebody out, they're taking an appointment over the phone, they're trying to calm down, you know, a client who's frustrated at a weight, right? I mean, the multitasking aspect, they also have to be multidisciplinary. So they've got to know a lot of stuff. Like they've got to be able to answer a question about tapeworms on the phone. They've got to be able to explain follow-up care, following a spare neuter, right? I mean, they've got to explain, oh, wow, you're going to be doing a cortisol test. That's that long test, right? Where you come in. I mean, they need to know a lot of stuff. Right. So, so the training is so important. And, and I will tell you this, viewfinders, you've heard me say this before, and you've heard it in many different contexts, but the reality is I see it as this. Clients will tolerate a poor vet. They will not tolerate a poor receptionist or even a vet tech, you know? I mean, so they'll like, they'll cut the vet a little more slack sometimes for maybe not being as effusive or being, you know, as, as generous with their time and patient. But, you know, if your receptionist is rude or cold or indifferent, Becky, they're not coming back. No. Oh, 100% not coming back. And not just that, they're going to tell everybody they know not to come mm -hmm. there. <laughs> so it's going to be a, a problem. And I mean, I've had this happen so many times with veterinarians that I know where they're an incredible veterinarian. But you hear they'll say like, oh, my vet is great. But, you know, the technician's not right. or the receptionist's not or CSRs or kennel. There's somebody else. We really have to look at our clinic as a whole, you know, cohesive unit that is affecting the client experience every single step of the way. You made a good point, especially about the fact that these guys are often triage. They have to decide when somebody has to talk to a technician and when somebody needs to, you know, not hesitate and come right in. Right. And they get 
we'll call it feedback from so many people. We talk about micromanagement, right? But if these guys mess up, the tech goes up front and tells them, the veterinarian goes up front and tells them, the manager comes around and tells them, the receptionist who worked the shift before them comes back the next day and tells them. And these guys, I think they get a lot more micromanaged and um, side input from everybody else. And you've heard me I know I'm monologuing. Sorry, I love these guys. But I have to say, like, you've heard me complain in the past about the differences in standards of care across the clinic. And a lot of times they're the front line of saying, well, you're definitely going to want to see Dr. So-and-so or the ones that have to try to figure out how to get the appointment with the one doctor and the one tech that they're willing to see and the pet needs to be seen. So they're often playing this, you know, a chess game up front that we don't even know about. And God forbid they do anything wrong. We're up there telling them about it, you know. Oh, wow. And this triage aspect is very difficult. I mean, we talked about multitasking and multidisciplinary, but just actually being able to read a situation, I mean, instantly and figuring out, do I need to get them in a room right now or can this wait or do they need to see the manager? I mean, there are so many different variables at play that, you know, they have to quickly size it up. And again, just once, once again, Becky, I will call for better training, more thorough training. Certainly we're going to talk about recognition and respect and reward. Award, but, you know, the reality is you got to start with the foundation of, of information. And so for us, we're going, hey, these guys are doing a tremendous amount of work and yeah. they deserve a little more training and certainly a little more love. That's exactly it. We just, I think, really have to make sure that we are giving them the tools that they need to be successful and taking as much time to reinforce the positive and, you know, to recognize the hard work that they're doing, which is what this week is all about. And I think the whole reason we're having this podcast, because we want to make sure if you're not in your clinic celebrating these guys, if you're not recognizing them, you still have a few days left in the week to do it. So viewfinders, I want to know, I've got a mystery that I've been dealing with ever since I've worked in veterinary medicine as a young preteen back in the day. And I want to know where the superpower that most receptionists has come from, because this superpower allows them to see a car drive into the parking lot and instantly identify, oh, that's Chloe. (laughs) I mean, how does, how do you guys do that? It is, I have witnessed this hundreds, if not thousands of times, Becky, where literally a car is approaching my clinic. They haven't even turned in the parking lot and they're like, hey guys, looks like uh, Buster's coming in. And you're like, what? What? How do you I do mean, that? that? Well, and that's exactly right. That's their superpower. That's the reception and CSR that cares. And not only do they know that that's Buster's car, but they know that, you know, Buster needs to be in room three right. and that they would much rather be in the room as quickly as possible. And don't forget to trim his nails because, you know, she'll forget to mention it, but she really wants it. And that's why they are our superheroes because they remind us of these things. They give us that buffer that we so badly need to keep ourselves out of trouble and to keep our clients really super satisfied. And, And again, it's just like these... They really, truly care about the people and the pets, and that might be – I'm not saying I don't care about people, but I'm just saying I think our CSRs care maybe more than the rest of us. That They they really are that, you know, um, the center of that wheel that, that spokes every single aspect of our clinic. You ain't joking, man. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been in the lobby, like, trying to – 
casually say, who is that sitting over there? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And then they're like, well, that's Mrs. Jones. She's been a client here for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I recognize her. I just can't remember her name. Yeah, well, she was here six months ago. And if you remember, she cut the paw. And you're like, oh, how do you do this? How do you do this? Right. It's and they know that her sister had surgery yeah, last month. Yeah. And they're going to remember to ask about her. And that's what makes her amazing. And the other thing I think we don't, you know, and this is sad, I, you know, but again, like I said, we talk about the fact that these guys have to go from one type of appointment to another face-to-face with these clients. So, again, you're checking in a puppy visit. You're checking out a euthanasia. They're also the ones that call back our cremations. They're the yeah, ones that right. get the cremation service there by the end of the day so that things are taken care of. They coordinate that entire process. Um, they are frequently the ones that return those those um, remains and have to call the client and tell them that the remains are back. And I, I hate to focus on that, but it's one thing I've always seen these guys do that I've thought was so remarkable because they do it with so much tact and yeah. care and empathy. I've always been like amazed because I think that'd be something I would really not want to have to do. Um, and they do it so well and they do it with such grace. And again, they are, they're doing this while they have somebody on, you know, on the phone and uh, they've got a technician beeping up front and, we, I just think these guys, um, we, we, we entrust them to hand out the right medications when the client comes to pick them up because they're in a basket up front. We entrust them to make sure that the client knows to bring samples or to not feed ahead of time. Um, I just think we don't give these guys enough credit. And I think that they're, I just think if you're listening, you better go get some donuts, go get some flowers, go get a card, socially distance a big hug and tell these techni- these all your customer service reps and your your front desk staff just how appreciated they are and then make sure you're not only do it, doing it one week a year. Well, and that leads us to a little more bit of a controversial aspect of this, and that is what about compensation and pay, Becky? I mean, are we sometimes failing our CSR receptionists just because we're not even paying them a decent salary, and so therefore we're not getting the great candidates, we're not getting longevity? I mean, I I think we need to discuss a little bit about compensation of of receptionists. So I think in general, you know, people need to make a living wage, (laughs) and that's what we're missing as a whole, is that eight fifty, uh, $10 an hour is not a living wage. And you're right. right. We do create delineation and practice and honestly in society with wages and brackets. Right. Um, and, and so often we require so much more than the wage we're offering reflects. And that is really, um, a frustrating aspect. Yeah. And, and that's exactly, that's the sentiment there, Becky. The, the issue is we know the value that an excellent receptionist can bring to the to the team and to the productivity and revenue of the clinic. So you really want to reward that. So again, if you're out there, viewfinders, we'd love to know what your thoughts are on this. The reality is, you know, we've got to say, okay, let's look at the whole team. Let's uh, make sure that we are fairly compensating people. But at the end of the day, Becky, we still are woefully underpaying everybody, including yeah. veterinary technicians and receptionists. Well, I think that's exactly right. And and again, I think you create an element of a sense of, oh, you're less than professional because we are looking to pay right. you for 750 and we want you to work holidays and we want you to work overtime. And, you know, the demand is so intense. Um and, and physically, mentally, emotionally, and then we're like, it's a baseline compensation, and then we get frustrated when there's high turnover. And I and I think that's an important thing to mention too, guys. Your 
your clients will totally see right. the whole clinic staff is quick turnover if they're seeing quick turnover on the you front. Are right. They want to get to know that person up front. They want that person to get to know them. We, I can tell you this from a experience because you guys know and I've complained about it a million times is I'm a client now and I have the client experience even though my veterinarian knows me and I know I get some special treatment for being a technician. Like you absolutely positively want those people to know your pet, know your dog, squeal at the top of their lungs when they see them, act like it's their favorite pet that comes into the clinic every single time. And if your front desk does not do that, then you you might not be treating them right. And if they do do that, you're probably not paying them enough. <laughs> right. Well, and getting back to the importance of this turnover issue with your receptionist, because I know, Becky, so many managers and owners kind of think of this as almost a disposable throwaway position right. in the clinic. And, and you're just... You're you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Because many times people will come into your clinic and never see a vet or a vet yeah. tech, right? They only interface. They're picking up meds or foods or whatever, right? So our, our dog could be there for grooming. Who knows, right? So I'll tell you a true story that happened to us. This was probably maybe 10, 10 or so years in owning the first clinic. And I remember we kind of, and things tend to go in spells sometimes, but we wound up having to let go a couple of receptionists, you know, in a short period of time, like within a month or six weeks, right? So just had a little issue and we had to get rid of two of them pretty quickly for, for, yeah. for the right reasons. And anyway, um, I'm in an appointment after all this has happened. And, 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 and to be clear, um, that was the only change we made in our clinic. Okay. No, no other changes. Nobody else lost or hired or anything. Just, we changed out a couple of receptionists. I'm in an appointment, a really long time, loyal client. I mean, just love this lady still do. And, uh, she, um, she, at the beginning of the conversation, she says, Dr. Ward, can I ask you something personal? And I'm like, okay, because <laughs> you never know where that one's going. And she goes, is everything okay at the clinic? And I'm like, yeah, we're doing great. Really busy. You know, I'm happy. And she goes, well, one of my friends in my neighborhood said that you had lost a lot of your staff. Yep. <laughs> right? Because this person had only come in, seen that these two receptionists were now mm -hmm. gone in a short period of time. And so that sort of word on the street was, uh-oh, something's going on exactly. down there. Dr. Ward, right? And it wasn't true at all. It was not true at all. But yet this is this is why the importance of loyalty, stability, and the, and the receptionist is, is really important, I think, and essential to your success. So just maybe let that story help guide you because whatever you can do with its training, recognition, compensation, all those elements, you want to try to keep those people, especially the well, good ones. To your exact point, when we talk about the way they have the superpower of knowing it's Mrs. Jones pulling into the parking lot before she's even come around the corner is we rely on them knowing that so that Mrs. Jones gets what she wants and needs. And when we have that high right. turnover, the client has the experience of having to retrain their needs. And, you know, I have a strong passion for working for clients, you know, with various abilities and accommodation needs. And so if you have an, a client right. who has an accommodation need, it, it we, we play a game of telephone when we're having to pass it along and along and along. And a client will appreciate and, and stay with you and have an intense loyalty when they don't have to retrain and they don't have to re-remind. You know, my we've talked about my sister's spicy German shepherd. She does not want to have to explain every time that this dog is incredibly right, spicy. Right. Like, ghost pepper spicy. <laughs> <laughs> Dangerous spicy. You know, and I don't want to have to explain every single time that, you know, oh, please be careful. I remember she's the three-legged dog. By the time I pull in the parking lot, they know the three-legged dog is there and that she's going to need extra help getting in the clinic. So it's 
it's those things. Um, in fact, anecdotally, my sister with her spicy German Shepherd, we have shout. We I've told you a million times, Doctor Stone and Monica Henderson have changed right. her life. She loved the whole clinic down there, um, which I can't remember their name right now, which is why I'm not saying it, but it'll come to me. She sing, she calls me crying, singing their praises every time, and she actually had the. It was a, a circumstance where she called me because she said. The receptionist called to rebook her next appointment and was like, I didn't see him leave and I'm so sad I didn't get to tell him goodbye. And when my sister has had the experiences where people treat her dog like a jerk, the idea that the customer service rep was like, I'm so sad I didn't get to say goodbye made her whole experience. It made her whole day. And yeah. it was that moment and that's what she walked away with, right? We have to remember for the same reason I always put something funny at the end of my lectures, it's what people walk away with that is the impression of their experience. And so to just really punctuate this conversation, please remember that whatever happens in that clinic, that first four seconds and the last five, four seconds are really going to be what they walk away with. It can make or break your clients. And that's a great way to sort of end today's celebration of receptionists for National Veterinary Reception Week. And that's to, to talk about, you know, the first and the last, because these are the heroes of the clinic, right? You mentioned that first impression, right? But Becky, that's off, they're often the first smile yes. that somebody yes. sees, right? I mean, as you said, they're the first hello, you know? Uh, they also have to answer that first question that comes yes. out of somebody's mouth, right? Is, is it normal for my cat to scratch its ear like this, you know? Have you ever seen a dog that limped it like this? I mean, so those first are really important. But Becky, in our in our pre-call, you know, you were talking also, there's a lot of those last. Like you said, like the, the your sisters, the receptionist said, I'm so sorry I didn't get to say goodbye. But there are other important lasts that the receptionist's own. I mean, exactly. So I'm thinking about our most recent visit. Um, if you follow me on social media, you saw my 14-year-old dog <laughs> got her teethers cleaned. And... Um, <laughs> They made sure I had my recheck appointment. They made sure, actually what it was is she had to get her lepto booster in a couple weeks. And so um, they made sure I had that appointment to come back so I wasn't inconvenienced and had to call. And also that I didn't forget so that my dog didn't get what she needed. They're the ones that are going to make sure you have that medication. And you guys know I preach prevention. If you're saying, oh, we'll make sure it's up there when you leave, they're the ones that are going to make sure that it gets in the client hand. And so frequently those clients wait to ask all their questions until they get up there to that receptionist. And so they're really the ones that are going to um, make sure that that's, everything's all zipped up and that you can trust that you can hand your client, your, your patients over and they're going to have a good experience getting out that door. You know, and, and Becky, I remember an article I wrote a long time ago, and I, I called my receptionist the reinforcers. Yep, right. And so while that sounds a bit aggressive, what I was, the article was about, like, what will happen is you will make a recommendation. Yes. Your vet techs will make a recommendation, but they will then go for final validation with that receptionist. And they'll be like, you know, I know Dr. Ward says my dog needs its teeth cleaned, but what do you yes. think? Yeah. <laughs> this is where, this is why, I, again, I just love receptionists because in that moment, moment, they have the power to reinforce your recommendations to make sure that pet gets the best care, the lepto vaccine, for example, in your in your case, uh, or whatever it may be, they really have tremendous power. So we've got to respect, we've got to educate, we've got to reward these people. I mean, they are... Thank you so much, veterinary receptionists of the world, because, you know, just like we love vet techs, and of course we love veterinarians, it's just 
unfortunately too often we just don't give you the acclaim and adoration that you deserve. That's right. The fact is we love our profession and you are part of it. You're often the front lines, the back lines, and the buffer that keeps us able to do our job and to stay focused on the medical tasks because we know that we can count on you to handle the people and to make sure that their emotional needs are met. And we cannot thank you enough for that. And I'm so excited that there is a week to celebrate all of our customer service reps. So Viewfinder family, how are you celebrating National Veterinary Receptionist Week? How do you, during your daily life, actually go out of your way to say thank you to the CSRs and other support staff that make our lives just a little bit easier? We really want to hear from you. Shout out your CSRs and send pictures of what you're doing. You can find us on Facebook at Veterinary Viewfinder, on Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder, and you can tweet Dr. Ernie at Vet Viewfinder. <laughs> If you get a second, you guys, we really appreciate that few seconds it takes to go over and give us a five star and rating review. And if you click to subscribe, it really does help others to find this podcast and to learn more about how we can celebrate everybody on the team. Yeah. And thank you to everyone who's re yeah. recently put up a five star review on Apple. You guys, we read them all and it just warms our heart and we're just yes. so grateful. Like, honestly, that's what fuels us to keep doing this. So if you get a chance, head over to Apple iTunes and just click on the five stars and say thank you or tell us why you like us or whatever. It, it really means the world to us. Well, viewfinders, this is our little way to try to celebrate some people that we think are very important. But we really hope that whatever you're doing, wherever you are, that you will take the time to say thank you to the people that right. often don't get thanked enough. Until next week, bye. Bye.